Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. As always, I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is the Vice President of Defense Development for the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC, Jesse Kimber. How are you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. No, absolutely. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, going to start off with a bit of housekeeping before we get started today. And if you are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. But to get started, Jesse, I always like to have people give a little bit of their background, talk about what they're doing here and where they've been before. Uh, so if you could start by telling me a bit about yourself uh, prior to being with the chamber. Sure. Um, so I'm a Colorado native, as, as native as you can get, being a, a Navy or military brat, as we call <laughs> ourselves. Um, I'm a proud graduate of Liberty High School, went to UCCS before UCCS had dorms, so I'm aging myself <laughs> considerably. Um, and I spent 24 years in the world's finest Navy. I started off driving ships and then uh, eventually became an intelligence officer and retired right out of uh, NORAD, U.S. Northern Command on Peterson Space Force Base, uh, and immediately started working for Mayor John Southers as his military advisor and worked uh, a lot on military spouse employment, uh, support to our veteran and military community, and the fight to keep U.S. Space Command here in Colorado Springs. Uh, upon about 18 months with the mayor's office, I transitioned over to the chamber, uh, where I took on the roles as the VP for Defense Development. I am a, uh, this is very hard to say, uh, because the Navy and the Army have an enormous rivalry, but I am a <laughs> <coughs> proud Army spouse. Oh, no. One out. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I can edit that out if you want me no, to. No, no, you can leave okay. that one in. <laughs> Very good. So how, tell me a little bit about that time in the Navy. You were there for 24 years. Right. Um, how did those learnings from being in the Navy help you with the work that you're doing today? Oh, I think it's so important to understand and appreciate the military lifestyle because you understand the challenges and the sacrifices that come with completing the mission. And that's just not for the service member, but that's for the family. Uh, many times service members will make single parents out of their spouses for uh, a few months to, to years in some cases in, in what we call geobatching it. Um, so it is, it is a intense amount of work uh, that is accomplished over a short amount of time. When you look at the military careers, uh, the earliest you can retire is at the 20-year point, but most people are ready at that point in time because it is a run-fast, run-hard type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But absolutely critical to our national security. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the chamber then and how their work impacts our region here in El Paso County? Absolutely. So when you look at uh, Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Council, you need to have an entity in a region that is focused on economic development, that's focused on connections, that's focused on the workforce and talent, and bringing those all together uh, to create an environment where businesses can thrive. Great. And as the uh, chamber is focused on those connections and, and the workforce, how do you attract people to Colorado Springs? I, there's plenty to be attracted to at Colorado right. Springs. You just look outside the window and you can see a lot to be attracted to. But for businesses specifically, how do you attract those businesses here? I think um, the first and foremost that we have going for us is that we 
are ranked year after year as one of the most desirable places to live in the United States. And that is bolstered by an incredibly strong economy. And I can speak specifically about uh, the aerospace and defense industry. We are the second largest in the country, and we have one of the largest military and defense footprints in the country. So you look at the El Paso County region, you're looking at about 120 to 125,000 veterans, active duty, reserve, guard, plus their families. And you have an enormous amount of talent that transitions from the military um, or arrives with their spouses. So military spouse employment, uh, we take very seriously here because it is often an untapped resource um, by, by the community. So you look at this um, beautiful, breathtaking backdrop that is Pikes Peak and, and the Colorado Springs region, bolstered by a thriving economy, bolstered by a great sports ecosystem, great quality of life, all these things that uh, you know really make a community. You can attract people, but how do you get them to stay? And then we have this incredible workforce that comes out of our bases uh, that is able, thanks to a bunch of private and public partnerships and nonprofits, able to find work pretty quickly. So for businesses, you know, one of the biggest pieces is, is workforce attraction and retention. Um, we've got it here in Colorado Springs because we have the right mechanisms in place to help folks find uh, meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a couple months ago that I spoke with uh, a lady that works over at Mount Carmel, Mm -hmm. and she talked a lot about military spouses and about how important they are as not only drivers of the economy, uh, but also as a workforce. Absolutely. Uh, Talk to me about how you can identify not only uh, military, uh, active military or uh, veterans themselves, but their spouses to be like part of that, I guess you could say ecosystem exactly. of, of working here in the region. We do. And we have an incredible defense ecosystem here in Colorado Springs. Let me talk a little bit about that first, and then I can kind of talk about how these uh, different demographics can plug into it. So you first and foremost have to have strong support by your elected officials. And we are probably the most military friendly city in America. Of course, I'm biased. But <laughs> um, so you have uh, state legislators, federal legislators, uh, local electeds uh, who appreciate and understand military lifestyles and get the right legislation in place to ensure that those families can thrive. And also, uh, I'll give an example. So Colorado is one of the most green states for veteran and military spouse licensure and reciprocity. This is incredibly important because our military community constantly turns over. Mm -hmm. Um, Our veteran community turns over. We have veterans moving into the the area all the time, and they bring with them exquisite skill sets. They bring licenses. They bring certifications. If those certifications do not transfer from one state to another or those families and veterans have to pay exorbitant costs just to get back to work, we're losing out as a state in terms of of talent and and resources. Mm -hmm. So Colorado, uh, thanks to a lot of great work uh, by a a huge swath of people, has put legislation in place to ensure that when families get here, when veterans get here, uh, those those, um, uh, uh, licenses, those certifications transfer very quickly and they can get to work very quickly. That that was not the case uh, for a very long time. And so we, we saw uh, careers interrupted. We saw people give up on uh, some of their ambitions uh, in their professional career simply because moving so much puts a pause on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the post-COVID environment, we see uh, folks, portable careers, folks can take those careers uh, across states and in some cases, uh, you know, across the 
across the Atlantic over to <laughs> Europe uh, and continue to, to grow in their career. But but that is really important to understand. You have to have that base, legislative baseline in place to take care of our military community. Uh, the second piece is you have to have those public-private partnerships. So when you look at entities like Mount Carmel uh, and Homefront Military Network, Wounded Warriors, uh, Hiring Our Heroes. These are the nonprofits that are helping service members and their families and veterans navigate a scope of resources. So I like to think of them uh, as kind of your, your help desks, if you will. Um, so when you walk into Mount Carmel, you may be greeted by just a handful of folks, but behind them are uh, tons of nonprofits who can get after specific needs. And the same is, is the case with uh, Homefront Military Network. Um, and that's important because, you know, in, in certain cases, it's not just a cut and dry situation where there's one need. Mm-hmm. There might be multiple needs. And so those nonprofits can help fill those gaps. Everything from getting the the uh, the veterans, transitioning service members, and military spouses ready for employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also access to behavioral health resources um, and, and things down to uh, food insecurity. Yeah. Um, all of these uh, resources are available through those, those public uh, and private partnerships. Um, and then you have to have advocacy groups. So here in Colorado Springs, nested under the chamber, is the Military Affairs Council. And they reach out and keep great relationships with the bases, uh, key leadership in, in both your senior enlisted leadership and at the, the commander level to understand what are the unique and specific needs of those families right now and where DOD resources stop, where can the community step in? So we have those ongoing conversations, and sometimes that translates to reaching out to one of those nonprofits and saying, can you help with X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, can you take this issue up to the hill and advocate for us on a national level with our electeds. Yeah. Uh, interesting point you brought up. You've had the opportunity or maybe the challenge of living in a lot of different places. Right. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. I guess that bond that the nonprofit community and other private business organizations have here in uh, El Paso County that may be different than what you've seen in other places that you've lived. So I'm I, I'm a little biased because this is my hometown and because um, uh, my experience working in the mayor's office and with these organizations. But uh, you might look at when you look at a defense community overview and you see all of these nonprofits and think, well, there's a lot of duplication out there. The truth is, when you have 125,000 plus demographic that might need services, you need yeah. two or three duplicative efforts. My um, my favorite example is military spouse employment. So there's an organization called the Military Spouse Career Coalition, and it's championed uh, by the mayor's office. And in and of itself, uh, the MSCC does not necessarily review resumes or help you with your LinkedIn profile or do job placement, but they have that connective tissue out to about five different organizations to include uh, the Pikes Peak Workforce Center, who have specialists uh, in military spouse and veteran employment that can help you exactly with those things. So instead of waiting in line for one nonprofit to help you, you have a variety that can step in, and, and maybe one is, is better suited for the, the career work you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And in that, they have contacts within uh, the, our, our employers to help not necessarily do job placement, but to make those connections. And all of that is is really tied together through a really robust networking uh, environment. So particularly in the summer, 
it's very difficult to go a week without finding some sort of career fair or networking <laughs> event. That's uh, true. Uh, there's the Veterans Beer Club, uh, which is for military spouses as well. Um, <laughs> sounds like a magical club. It is. Um, <laughs> and not only do they have beer, but it's also about camaraderie. It's mm-hmm. about checking in on veterans and their families and making sure that everybody's doing okay. But also mentorship, employment, uh, all, all those things that come with with transitioning from service for a lot of military members when retirement or that first term enlistment or, or whenever they're ready to leave the service comes, it can feel like falling off a cliff. Mm-hmm. You'll go through VA mandated, or I'm sorry, congressionally mandated um, uh, uh, training, if you will. It's called mm-hmm. transition assistance program to help you understand your VA benefits and get you ready to leave the service. However, as someone who's gone through it, it, it only meets you halfway. Where the other piece comes in and why we have such great employment rates here in Colorado Springs and why LinkedIn named us the number one city in America (laughs) where veterans succeed best in their post-military careers is because of those transition employment services, because of that defense ecosystem. And I love the fact that all of this applies to military spouses as well. Mm -hmm. So when I went through, there was a course called Prep Connect 360, is now known as LINK, When I went through it, sitting next to me was a military spouse getting all the same resources that I got after I retired after 24 years of service. Pretty impressive for a community to recognize that talent there. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit, get back to you and your team specifically. So can you talk about what you do in your role with the chamber and the defense development team in general? Like what is the role there within the chamber? So it's really three parts. And the first part is making sure that we have those great relationships with the installations to understand what their needs are. Um, there's this concept called the civ-mil gap, and that's the, the gap between civilians and military. And a common understanding is really what we're trying to get after. We, we know what they need, they know what we can do for them, and we both understand each other. Um, and so that's part of our role. The other, the other part is the Military Affairs Council uh, that can take some of uh, those needs and put those into action and advocacy. And so I'm, my office is deeply involved with that. And the last piece is really just helping the defense sector here in the Pikes Peak region uh, to connect. Um, we want to make sure that uh, small businesses, uh, large defense firms, anyone interested in doing business with DOD, Uh, understands that we're here to support them. Everything from helping them get the lights turned on uh, to navigating tax incentives. So we want to be the most business friendly uh, to the defense sector uh, in the nation. And so we work hard at at that. So that is connecting those defense businesses with, with kind of your civilian entities, which is helping them get the lights turned on, as I mentioned before. So connecting with uh, Colorado Springs Utilities, uh, connecting with the city to see if there are any tax incentives. Um, but it's also about helping them understand the military ecosystem, because for a lot of these defense firms, their talent comes from transitioning service members, and in cases, military spouses. And to know that there are those nonprofits out there that can help those veterans with resources uh, is greatly beneficial to those small businesses. In the grand scheme of things, when, you, when your workforce comes to work, you want them to be able to focus on the mission, focus on work. But if there's a litany of issues uh, coming with them, um, it's nice to know that you have these resources out there that can help them 
uh, deal with that and be able to focus on their jobs. And everybody benefits. And this could be anything from helping a veteran navigate their their veterans benefits, their post 9-11 GI Bill benefits, to um, helping their military spouses find employment. And and I I will tell you, uh, military spouse employment is a huge retention issue for the military. Um, You want to make sure that uh, families are resilient. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think everybody got a big wake up call during COVID uh, in resiliency. What do what what? things do we need to have in place that people can come into work and get the job done, but that, that their families are thriving. Uh, that's a big focus by all of the services, but it translates into the business community as well, because we have to be able to come to work and do our jobs, but what's getting in the way. And that's where those relationships can help close that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of those partnerships. Who are some of those defense development partners uh, that you guys work with? So I mentioned before, Mount Carmel and Homefront Military Network, hiring our heroes, that helps us find the workforce, which is really one of the key things that our our business community is looking for. Um, But we also work with with think tanks and accelerators like Catalyst Campus. Uh, We work with formerly known as PTAC, uh, but now Apex, an organization that's designed to uh, help uh, small businesses rapidly connect with DOD. On top of that, we do a lot of collaborative work as a community by pulling folks together through chamber events. I do a defense development roundup in August of every year, and that is designed to bring in uh, everything from larger size firms all the way down to individual consultants to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of doing business in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are working really well for you? What are your best practices? Uh, what would you recommend to a small business starting out? And we have some really candid conversations that go on during that forum that are incredibly beneficial to uh, both firms that are doing great and are just looking for other firms' best practices to small businesses that are just getting uh, started. Mm -hmm. So we do things like that. We do uh, a defense contracting forum that uh, literally helps small businesses figure out how to do business with DOD. Uh, We pull people together through Military Affairs Council events uh, to listen to our senior military leaders talk about their missions, their challenges, uh, and in some cases, just the, the benefits of, of being in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that Defense Development Roundup happens every year in August. Here we are sitting in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were some of the takeaways from the, this previous year? Well, the, the biggest piece is um, people still seem to be collaborating and collaborating well. Um, people are using the resources that are out there. You know, when you have a community that turns over so frequently and you have missions that move so fast, it's nine times out of ten, communication is your biggest issue. Are you aware that there's a Veterans Center? Are you aware that there's an Apex? Are you aware that there are these other organizations out here that can help you? Uh, Are you aware that uh, tax incentives are available if you're looking to expand? So those are the types of things that were kind of foot stomped at this at this forum that the word is getting out and we're doing well. But it's one of those things you just have to keep your eye on it. Uh, The second piece is uh, was really a, a reaffirmation of the decision to keep Space Command here in Colorado Springs. Obviously, we're biased. Um, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but that was a, a key discussion point, and a lot of our a lot of our firms shared uh, how that that decision is going to impact them. And and a few we had a few folks in the panel who are retired general officers who shared, 
this is really going to make some some huge impacts for the military families uh, and the veterans who do the civilian workforce at Space Command who do a, a large portion of the work in that they don't have to pack their bags and move up and, and they can you know, place roots. Uh, and the last piece is when we look at all domain warfare, um, we are looking at uh, expanding classified spaces. And there's a commercial portion to that. It's not just all you know, um, behind, the things, behind the curtain things, <laughs> but you have, you have to build those facilities. You mm-hmm. have to put the infrastructure there. You have to have the right, you, know, you have to communicate requirements and, and it's a, it's a relatively complicated process. So best practices on, on how to fill gaps, um, when you're looking for classified spaces, uh, and, and more long-term outlooks. Very good. And you mentioned Space Command, so might as well mm-hmm. bring it up now. Uh, how did that confirmation of uh, the Space Command's decision to remain here in Colorado Springs uh, affect the industry as a whole and like that part of the conversation, as well as development here in our region? Sure. So um, as I mentioned before, we have one of the largest aerospace uh, and defense industries in the country. And we have what I think is a perfect ecosystem in our defense community to support uh, both the business community and the, the, the military installations. Keeping Space Command here uh, is just going to bolster a $7 billion uh, economy. Um, It is a reaffirmation from our elected leadership that national security should always come first. Um, And it's it's an affirmation, I think, uh, and a testament to the work that our civilian sector has been doing to get Space Command to full operational capability, which they are on the cusp of, and they've done it at a very rapid speed. Let me give you one more bullet on Space Command. It's not just the economic impacts to the defense industry. When you grow a defense company, there are second and third order impacts throughout uh, our economy. So this is going to impact small businesses. This is going to impact people buying houses. So when one person takes a job and they bring a family with them, uh, that's additional uh, supplements to our workforce. That's additional income into all those businesses that surround. So as I mentioned before, these are second and third order impacts that are just going to continue to grow our economy. And we've talked about the military quite a bit and reasonably so. Uh, but how do the five military installations here in the region uh, serve to draw in different defense businesses? Sure. So, you know, a good portion of of the mission is being accomplished by active duty reserve and guard service members, but there's a good portion of that that are civilians. And a good portion of those civilians are, are contractors. Those come from our local economy. Um, having such a large footprint, but also such a diverse footprint of a mission allows for diversity in our business sector. So you have a tenth of the country's uh, combat firepower down at Fort Carson. You have two combatant commands on Space Base Delta-1, NORAD and U.S. Northern Command, who are charged with uh, protection of the homeland. And then you have um, U.S. Space Command, which uh, obviously owns, uh, I think it's 63... Uh, miles over the Earth's surface. <laughs> Don't quote me on that one. Um, and then you have the National Space Defense Center and then a, the premier academic environment up at the Air Force Academy. And Space Based Ultimate One also includes uh, Cheyenne Mountain uh, Space Force Base and Shriver. And there are additional missions there. So when you look at the diversity of missions, it's not just uh, one slice of, of a defense pie, if you will. It, there's a variety of missions there that sup- are supplemented um, by a variety of different defense sectors out on the economy. 
Very good. And then looking to the future a little bit, I guess, what's on the horizon for our region in your mind? Like what topics and problems are you and other of your partners uh, discussing and looking to solve in those coming years? Growth. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, growth is is on everybody's mind, and and to do it responsibly um, is, is a priority. It's a priority uh, for our city's administration. It's a priority for the chamber. Um, I believe the the statistics, the last state of the city, is you have to create five thousand, roughly five thousand jobs annually in order to accommodate the graduating high school and college and tech students and, and keep them in the region. Uh, when I graduated uh, from UCCS, uh, and I won't tell you when, it was a while ago, <laughs> um, there, I had no options. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, I'd wanted to serve, so uh, I joined the military and came back uh, almost 20 years later. Um, this region is expanding uh, at a, a sustainable rate, um, but but faster than I think some people are comfortable with. Um, so how do we do it as a community? How do we move together? How do we get to a point where everyone feels like they can thrive? And it's not a uncomplicated issue, <laughs> but... But that's what you're working on. Uh, so before we close out here, I was just wondering if there's anything else that you want to add that maybe we haven't discussed yet or just a point that you want to kind of reiterate before we close out. I think the biggest takeaway I'd like folks uh, to walk away with is if you are a veteran, if you are uh, wearing the uniform, if you are a military spouse or a dependent and you're looking for resources, uh, this is an ideal environment. You can go to the city website and look at veteran resources and find a litany of resources available to you. You can go to Mount Carmel. Even if you're active duty, you can go to Mount Carmel. You can go to Homefront Military Network um, and find those resources. And if you are a, a defense-oriented business, please reach out to the chamber in EDC. Uh, we'd love to, to help you out. Uh, and if you're interested in advocating for the military community, Um, and you are a chamber member, the Military Affairs Council is a great place to start. Very good. Well, thank you, Jesse. I appreciate you taking the time today and for the work that you do here in El Paso County. Thank you for having me. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 